Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. This second hour is just about to begin. We will talk a ton of college football in these next 58 minutes, give or take. The unveiling of the second ever edition of Ben, me, Ben's top 10. Get it? It rhymes. We will give you our top 10 teams for the college football slate entering week number seven. After that, I will be joined for two great segments by Connor O'Gara, a friend of the program who is a national football writer for Saturday Down South. He will break down the SEC, give you some perspective there ahead of a couple big matchups this upcoming Saturday, including Georgia, 23 and a half point favorite against Kentucky. That's a top 15 matchup, folks. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But before we dive in fully to college football, it is October. It is postseason baseball across the majors. And today we have three games in three divisional series, one in the American League and two in the National League. We will preview the Giants and the Dodgers game number four, a decisive game four at the Ravine. The Giants looking to advance to the NLCS a little bit later on in our show. But right now, let's first look at the American League divisional series. The winner of today's game could potentially face off with the Boston Red Sox in the American League Championship Series. The Red Sox punching their ticket last night with a walk-off win over the Tampa Bay Rays. If the Houston Astros win in Chicago today against the White Sox, it will be the Astros facing off against the Red Sox. If the White Sox prevail, and we still have the hopes of a Sox versus Sox ALCS championship matchup, then it will be game number five in Houston a little bit later this week. But here's how the numbers look for game number four today between the Houston Astros on the road in Chicago. Right now, the White Sox, a minus 116 home favorite on that money line, a slight favorite over the Houston Astros, who are minus 102. This game four was scheduled for yesterday, but a rainout, a postponement, has moved this game to today, which has allowed... Houston to put out Lance McCullers Jr. to start today against Carlos Rodon for Chicago. Now, Lance McCullers has already made one start in this ALDS against the White Sox, and he was phenomenal. An absolute gem at home in H-Town in his first start in the first game of this series. Six and two-thirds, no earned run, shutout baseball, only four hits, four strikeouts, did not usher a single walk to the Chicago White Sox. Meanwhile, on the other side, Carlos Rodon has been scheduled to start this game. He faced Houston twice in the regular season. One earned run in both of those starts. One earned run combined in two starts for Carlos Rodon, including an absolute pitching magistry that we saw on July 18th for Rodon against Houston. He had a one-hit shutout in seven innings at home on the south side of Chicago against the Houston Astros back in the middle of July. In fact, he also had 10 strikeouts against the team in Houston that strikeouts the second least amount of times in all of Major League Baseball this year. So that's how the game spread looks tonight. Again, Houston, a minus 102, slight underdog on that money line against the Chicago White Sox, a slight home favorite at minus 116. You will see that over under total at eight and a half. The over has a slight bit more juice than does the under. That is because we have seen offensive explosions in this series so far. 31 combined runs between these two teams in the last two games. 38 total runs in the three games so far 
of this series. The series correct score, if you're looking at this, as opposed to a series price, because Houston, a heavy favorite in that series price at minus 390, as we welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after just getting underway. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. You're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Mightier 1090, out on the West Coast. So the series price for this, Houston minus 390, Chicago plus 310. The series correct score, if Houston wins this series in five games, meaning they do not win in Chicago today, that is plus 190. If the White Sox can force a game five and then ultimately prevail in this series overall, that is plus 270 for Chicago to win this series in five games. The only way Chicago wins this series. Now let's look at the other game we have up today in the National League, the Brewers and the Braves. As of last check, and I need to go back and look right now, in fact, Let's take a peek together and see if any starters have been named for this series between the Brewers and the Braves, according to what I am seeing, not as of yet. But the line is out. The Brewers plus 120 as the underdogs in Atlanta today. The Braves a minus 142 home favorite. The over-under for this game, also 8.5. That's an intriguing over-under, seeing as there's only been nine total runs scored between both teams in the first three games of this series. The total runs in three games is barely over the total that we have here for game number four. Might that be an indication based on the fact we don't have any starters listed yet that this is where we are looking for today. Maybe a couple of guys we wouldn't expect to see here. Maybe the bats start to wake up. My lean would be the under of an inflated total at eight and a half. So this is Atlanta's chance, as the odds indicate. The Braves, a minus 142 favorite right now. But when you look at the series correct score, if Milwaukee is able to win today and to force a fifth game back home in the state of Wisconsin, Milwaukee has shorter odds to win in five, plus 230, than do the Braves at plus 270 in that series correct score market. There has also been a shift in the National League pennant odds, given where these two teams are right now. The Braves on the brink of advancing to the NLCS. The Brewers on the brink of having their series come to a close. Right now, Atlanta, the second shortest odds to win the National League pennant at plus 210. The Brewers, the longest at plus 750. You also have the Giants now who have flipped to the NL pennant favorites at plus 115. The Dodgers with the third shortest odds at plus 360. We preview that matchup in game number four coming up a little bit later in the show. But next... It's to college football, and it's to my top 10 as it stands right now in the college football landscape. Ben's top 10 on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the grid, the morning after on Sirius XM, channel 204, all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. Where I love more than anything is college football. That's where I feel the strongest about. So right now, for the second straight week, for the second ever time, it is time for the unveiling of Ben's Top 10. Get it? Ben 10 rhymes. <laughs> we keep it going each and every week. We are going to go in reverse order. 10 going up to number one. And we start with my 10th ranked team in the country, 
the Oregon Ducks. Yes, I kept Oregon in the top 10 this week at number 10, despite a buy and despite the fact that Kentucky looks very good. In the AP poll, Kentucky is ranked 11th, Oregon is ranked 9th, but Kentucky is one of 10 teams in the country that is 5-1 against the spread. Despite all of that, I'm still going with Oregon, tied for the shortest odds to win the Pac-12 right now with Arizona State, both of those teams, at plus 150. So Oregon stays firm in Ben's top 10 at number 10 overall. Now, 7 through 9, 9 through 7, if you will, are all Big Ten teams. So I'm going to rattle them off, and we will explain why they're in the order they are. At number 9, it's the Penn State Nittany Lions. At number 8, it's the Michigan State Spartans. At number 7, it's the Ohio State Buckeyes. The reason that I have these teams formatted as such is because it almost, in a way, follows the Big Ten Conference Championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Ohio State is the highest ranking here at number seven because Ohio State is minus 150 on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now to win the Big Ten Conference. Don't look now, but the Ohio State Buckeyes have won their last two games over Rutgers and Maryland, mind you, but still their last two games by an average scoring margin of 44 points per game. The Ohio State Buckeyes seem to have righted the ship at least a little bit at this point. That's why they come in at number seven. But you might be thinking to yourself, Ben, Penn State has better odds to win the Big Ten than does Michigan State. Penn State is 20 to one right now to win the Big Ten. Michigan State, despite being unbeaten, is 50 to one right now, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me because last week, MSU was 30 to one to win the Big Ten Conference and they picked up another victory to remain unbeaten. But the reason Michigan State jumps in front of Penn State is because Michigan State is unbeaten. Michigan State is also 4-1-1 one, and one against the number this year. Penn State is 4-2. and two. We are a gambling show, thus being slightly better against the spread with a better cover percentage allows you to be ranked slightly higher in my Ben's top 10. So it's Ohio State at 7, Michigan State at 8, and Penn State at 9. The great thing about these teams and Michigan, who we'll get to in just a little bit, they all have not played each other yet in the Big Ten East. It is going to be a great final month and a half in the Big Ten Conference, where Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, and Michigan all still need to play each other. That, my friends, is Big Ten football. Checking in at number six is Alabama. Alabama, after suffering their first loss of the season as a 17-and-a-half-point road favorite in College Station on Saturday, has to get dropped. They were number two in my poll last week. They fall all the way down to number six. I have Michigan checking in at number five ahead of Alabama. Why Michigan ahead of Alabama? Well, first and foremost, I have Michigan ahead of Alabama because Michigan is unbeaten so far this year, and Alabama does have, have that one loss. You have to move down Alabama because of that. Michigan is also just one of five teams again that is five and one against the number. They are beating the number, beating the spread by an average margin of 11.2 points per game. This is a gambling show. We present those facts to also influence Ben's top 10. Michigan is unbeaten. They have a better cover percentage than does Alabama. There are no unbeaten teams left against the number in college football. There are 10 teams that are 5-1 and one against the spread. Michigan is one of those 10 teams. Also, that cover average margin of 11.2 is the third best of all 10 teams with a record 5-1 and one against the spread. 
Now, Alabama has better wins than Michigan. In fact, Alabama probably has better wins than most teams in this top 10. On the road in the swamp against Florida, who is still ranked 20th in the AP poll, against Ole Miss, covering as 14.5-point favorites, winning that game by three touchdowns. That is still a good win because Ole Miss is still ranked 13th in the country. Michigan's wins are not as good so far, but still, Michigan is unbeaten. That's why they are ahead of Alabama. Michigan number five, Alabama number six right now in my top 10. Now, one through four is not all that exciting. In fact, it mirrors exactly what the AP poll looks like right now. So at number four, it is Oklahoma. Checking in at number three, it is Cincinnati. Number two out of the Big Ten Conference, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And then the top dogs again, and I say dogs specifically, are Georgia. Because Georgia last week was my number one. They are still the number one team. They are a tier until themselves right now. When you look at Georgia, and you look at all the odds with Georgia as it stands entering week number seven of this college football season. Georgia is the favorite to win the national championship on FanDuel right now at plus 125. Georgia is the odds-on favorite in the minus money category to win the SEC championship right now at minus 130. Entering last Saturday's game against Auburn in the Deep South's oldest rivalry on the road as a 14.5-15.5 point favorite, which Georgia easily covered, their odds to make the CFP, just to make the CFP, were minus 800. I think Georgia right now would be in quadruple digits. They are the most dominant team in the country. They look like the best team in college football by a large margin even over Alabama. And despite the fact that Alabama is ranked sixth in my poll, I still think power rating-wise, Alabama might be the second-best team in the country. But Georgia right now has that advantage in my poll and in my mind when it comes to what might be a neutral site matchup between the two in an SEC championship game in the first weekend of December. Georgia is the best scoring defense in the country, the best total defense in the country, the fourth best rushing offense in the country, a team averaging close to 40 points per game from a scoring offense perspective. Georgia is the best team in the country. Iowa is deserving of being the number two team in the country as well. But Iowa is 40 to one to win the CFP national championship. Cincinnati, who is there at number three, also deserving of that bid in my mind, 30 to one. Oklahoma, who is fourth in my poll, actually has the shortest odds out of this group other than Georgia with 20 to one odds to win the college football playoff national championship. That's how you can correlate Ben's top 10, the AP poll, and the college football playoff national championship odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. Again, Georgia the favorites to win the CFP Natty at plus 125. They are number one in my poll. Iowa, 40 to one odds to win the college football playoff national championship. They are number two in my poll. Number three is Cincinnati. They are 30 to one to win the national championship. And Oklahoma is number four. They are 20 to one to win the national championship. Oklahoma, by the way, minus 150 to win the Big 12 Conference Championship right now, tied with Ohio State for the longest odds to win any conference in college football. What will Lincoln Riley do? Is it the Caleb Williams show now in Norman for the Sooners, or is there still faith in Spencer Rattler being able to find it this year for Oklahoma? I remain skeptical of that. I think it should be Caleb Williams. If it is, Oklahoma has a really good path to the college football playoff at minus 150. It has not been very good right now. Minus 150, by the way, to win the Big 12. It has not looked very good at times for Oklahoma, but a great second half in the Red River rivalry this past Saturday. Oklahoma outscored Texas 35 to 10. Oklahoma still unbeaten. 
only two and four against the spread. One of those two wins coming against Texas this past Saturday. But Oklahoma still unbeaten. Fourth in my poll. Cincinnati still unbeaten. Third in my poll. Iowa remains undefeated as well. Second in my poll. Georgia, of course, undefeated. Number one in my poll. Georgia and Iowa, both of those teams, two of 10 teams in the country that are five and one against the number, covering at 83.3%. That is a great clip and very profitable for you as betters as you look to take advantage of Georgia and Iowa the rest of this season. The Hawkeyes on a bye this week. Georgia has Kentucky. Again, if you wanted more numbers about why Georgia is so dominant, the Georgia Bulldogs are a 23.5-point home favorite against the number 11 team in the, in the country in the Kentucky Wildcats. Georgia also, minus 130 again, to win the SEC. That was Ben's top 10. We get some reaction from Connor O'Gara on the other side of the break to my top 10 teams in the country and a breakdown of the SEC. That's coming up next year on The Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the grid, the morning after on Sirius XM, channel 204, all across the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. In just a few moments, we will be joined by Saturday Down South's Connor O'Gara to break down the SEC to look at where Alabama and Georgia are right now. If Bama can bounce back, I believe they can, but we will get Connor's thoughts on that, on where Georgia stands at the moment, a look at both of those teams' remaining schedules, and Connor's thoughts on the latest rendition of Ben's top 10. That's all coming up in just a couple of moments. Again, let me run through Ben's top 10 one final time so you have the list one through 10 so we know exactly what it looks like before we present it off to other guests and before we look to week number eight next week. Week number seven, Ben's top 10 right now looks like this. And I will say it as Connor O'Gara joins us because Connor will get your initial reactions to it. Bring you on on the fly a national football columnist from Saturday Down South. Here it is, Connor. Are you ready? Ben's top 10 for week number seven of college football. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Iowa. Number three, Cincinnati. Number four, Oklahoma. Yes, the exact same as the AP poll. But number five, Michigan. Number six, Alabama. Seven is Ohio State. Eight is Michigan State. Nine is Penn State. 10, still holding on to the top 10, is the Oregon Ducks. Connor, does any of that offend you greatly when you look at Ben's top 10? No Kentucky in the top 10 is ah. debatable. And, and look, I'm a little bit biased. I may or may not be the offensive coordinator of Kentucky this year. Uh, Liam Cohen Somerset. and I, we, we are the same human being. And it's very, very weird to process that. So, look, I, I just spent the weekend in Lexington. I saw this offensive to do in that spot. So I kind of looked at that situation and I thought to myself, hey, Kentucky's undefeated. All right. Like, why, why are we not necessarily giving them that sort of love? Why are we giving some of these other one loss teams that love when in reality, so many of these teams are flawed, right? Like Oklahoma's. We're giving Oklahoma the benefit of the doubt because of preseason bias and because, hey, this is Lincoln Riley. That's that's just what they do. 
And I'm looking at this situation saying, I kind of want to scrap that. And and I kind of want to look at at what we've seen so far. Can somebody beat a Florida team who at the time was in the top 10, still in the top 25? So I'd say that's my biggest discrepancy. I'd probably have them in there, even ahead of Michigan State, to be honest, which Michigan State's been good. But Big Ten Ben, you know that, let's, let's be honest here, that Miami win hasn't aged all that well. Michigan State hasn't had to play against the Big Ten East. And the Big Ten East is very, very good, but we're still kind of figuring out who exactly the Spartans are going to be in 2021. Connor, could you say, though, maybe even more so than that Alabama game in the opener, that the Michigan State win over the Hurricanes broke the Miami football program? Because we saw some contention yesterday between De'Ara King, who is now out for the rest of the season, and his head coach, Manny Diaz, based on some reports. Maybe that's why Michigan State gets the nod above Kentucky. But I agree with you. Kentucky and Oregon were the battle for that number 10 spot. On a gambling show, when Kentucky is unbeaten, 6-0 and straight up, and 5-1 and one against the number, one of just 10 teams in all of college football to have that cover percentage of higher than 83%. I really did think about Kentucky, but I had to keep Oregon in there. It was one of the harder decisions I had to make for my Ben's top 10. But listen, Kentucky looks good against Georgia this week, maybe covering a huge number of 23.5. Maybe they will get into my top 10, even with a loss to the number one team in the country, both in the AP poll and in my poll, the Georgia Bulldogs. So, Connor, I want to dive through this right now because, again, last week we talked about the clear distinction between Georgia and Alabama and the rest, really, of college football. And despite Alabama losing to Texas A&M on Saturday, there's still probably a pretty clear distinction between those two teams and maybe now between Georgia and Alabama. So let's start with the overall picture first. When you look at the SEC Conference Championship odds right now on FanDuel, Georgia is the odds-on minus money favorite at minus 130. Alabama's odds aren't all that bad, though, at plus 110. In the national championship market, Georgia is plus 125. Alabama is plus 250. When you look at the SEC market again, Georgia minus 130, Alabama plus 110. Connor, do you think there is a big distinction between Georgia and Alabama at this point of the season? I think there's definitely a distinction. And I think part of it is just because Bama's issues on the road have surfaced. They have played to the level of their competition on the road both times. And I'd argue they they got outplayed in the majority of both of their true road games this year, where against Texas A&M, Ben, they trailed for 53 minutes in that game, man. Like, against Florida, they couldn't stop Florida's ground game for the final three quarters. And I don't know if you could just chalk that up to an inexperienced offense and and having a defense that's having some issues in the front seven, and all of a sudden Alabama can't tackle guys in space – but there are issues with playing in those true road venues. Now, would you still take Alabama on a neutral site over probably everybody, but like maybe one or two teams in college football? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I would. But there is a difference between Alabama and Georgia right now. You see what Georgia just did to Auburn. That was a raucous atmosphere. Auburn fans were feeling good coming off that win against LSU first time in the 21st century that they won at Death Valley. And then what does Georgia do? Even with Stetson Bennett the fourth. They go in there. They impose their will. Did a defensive pass interference call go the way of Georgia? Yeah. Is Georgia still winning that football game no matter what? Yeah. Georgia's the best team in college football right now. They haven't even played to their full potential yet. They're doing so with Ladd McConkey and Brock Bowers, true freshman Brock Bowers as their stud pass catchers. We haven't seen the best of Georgia yet. That's the crazy thing. And this defense is just as good as it gets in college football right now. Best I've seen in a long time. So, yeah, there is that distinction right now between Georgia and Alabama. 
The former is a more flawed, is a more flawed football team. Let's look at the Alabama remaining schedule now for the rest of this college football campaign. This week, they are on the road in Starkville against Mississippi State. They are a 16.5 point favorite, even as a road favorite, again, following losing as a road favorite of 17.5 last week against Texas A&M. Then they host Tennessee on October 23rd. To open up November, they host LSU, a non-conference game against New Mexico State. Then they host Auburn, the only ranked team as of right now remaining on their schedule, and then rounding out the season as they do every year in the Iron Bowl on the road in Jordan-Hare against the Auburn Tigers. So, Connor, do you think that Alabama can run the table the rest of their way and have good odds to make the SEC championship game? Again, they are plus 110, an indication maybe from the FanDuel Sportsbook that they believe the Crimson Tide will be in that SEC championship game at the very least. Yeah, I think so. I think that's still the most likely scenario, right? Like, we're, we're talking about a team that in the last decade has lost double dig- or has lost multiple regular season games just one time. 2019 2010 of course they had the the multiple regular season losses but you know this program has bounced back from a a loss like this in the past and if there is one person you would want making those adjustments it is Nick Saban now there are still some games that worry me on that schedule and and looking at what Auburn's ground game has done all of a sudden I'm looking at that one thinking man I, I wouldn't pick Alabama to lose that game but that could give Alabama problems you can't pick Alabama to cover a road spread at this point I, I just don't think you can they haven't covered in those two games so far, and it hasn't even been particularly close. I mean, let's not forget, Alabama was a pretty significant favorite. What was it? The fi- I can't remember what the final line was for that Florida game, but it was like 16, 15, something like that. That's a two-point game. Yeah. And then miss- and then to-, to have Mississippi State coming up on the schedule here, I'm just hearing all those cobbles, and I'm thinking to myself, how are they going to look pre-snap? Because their offensive line ain't what it used to be. It ain't what it was last year. That's for darn sure. So – I would have a tough time saying that Alabama is going to be able to cover in these games. Now, money line, getting to the SEC championship, that is one thing. But, man, I just think that they're going to continue to play down in their competition unless some significant adjustments are made in those road atmospheres. Alabama 3-3 three and three against the spread so far this year, falling below the number with a negative cover margin of 5.3 points per game on an average basis. That's not used to what we're seeing out of Alabama and again a 16 and a half point road favorite this week at Mississippi State so Connor as Bama looks to bounce back do you think they will still most likely be a double digit favorite in every game that Alabama still has to play this season yeah it it depends now that game at Jordan-Hare I I think they could depending on how the rest of the season goes with Auburn if they're able to kind of keep their head above water in the SEC West which looks a little bit all over the place, then yeah, we could see maybe like a nine and a half point spread for that one. Then again, that little miss spread for Alabama was different than what I was expecting it to be. I thought I, I said on these airwaves, I thought it was going to be between seven and a half and 10. So it goes to show what I know, but they're probably still going to be a double digit favorite and you're going to feel dumb betting against Saban probably. So that's the tricky part about this because if, if it's like what happened last week against Ole Miss, all of a sudden you're saying to yourself, wow, why would I take the points with Ole Miss when you could have seen this coming a mile away? But you can't. You can't see anything coming a mile away. That's what Texas A&M showed us. And I think right now yeah. you're trying to figure out who this team is. Alabama is trying to figure out its identity moving forward. And I, I think that there are some questions, but they will probably still be favored by double digits in every game for the rest of the regular season.
Connor, I also want to dive through what Georgia has remaining, the number one team in the country, because the dogs have been dominant. I'll list out what the remaining schedule looks like for Georgia, and we'll get your thoughts on the other side of the break as we're coming up to that commercial break. This weekend, the, jo the dogs host Kentucky. They are 23.5-point favorites for that contest. A bye week next Saturday, then the world's largest cocktail party in Jacksonville against the Florida Gators, who are currently ranked 20th. They open up November at home against Missouri, a road trip to Rocky Top against Tennessee, a non-conference game, their penultimate game against Charleston Southern, and then you have Georgia Tech in a rivalry game on the road to end out the regular season for Georgia. So that's what the dog's schedule looks like the rest of the way, the remaining six games. We will get Connor's thoughts about the Georgia Bulldogs and if they can remain this dominant from what we've seen early on this year, coming up next here on the grid on the morning after. Plenty more from Connor about Georgia, about Kentucky, about the rest of the SEC and what Saturday slate sounds like and looks like heading in to this weekend. The morning after on the grid, Sirius XM, Channel 204. Stay with us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on a Tuesday right here on Sirius XM channel 204 all across the sports grid network. I'm your host Ben Stevens and we are very lucky for a second straight segment to be joined by Saturday Down South's Connor O'Gara to break down the SEC as only he can. He is so invested in the SEC. He literally has a doppelganger in that conference. Kentucky's offensive coordinator Liam Cohen. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Go to Connor's Twitter, at CJ O'Gara on Twitter, to see a photo of two either distant relatives or two brothers separated at birth. Because I've also spoken, Connor, with your brother Ryan O'Gara. You guys are spitting images of each other. So it's pretty crazy what's happening there in Lexington. We'll get your thoughts on those cats from Lexington and their game against Georgia in just a few moments. But as we hit the break in our last segment, we were going over Georgia's remaining schedule. The number one team in the country unbeaten so far this year and looking absolutely dominant in doing so their final six weeks of the season start this saturday hosting kentucky as 23 and a half point favorites then like we mentioned the cocktail party the world's largest cocktail party two weeks from now two weeks from saturday against florida then they have missouri to open up november on the road to tennessee charleston southern the second to last week of the year a rivalry game on the road at georgia tech to end things out connor it's a pretty simple question Will Georgia be unbeaten in the regular season? Yes. And I understand that Alabama, after the weekend that it just had at Texas A&M, we shouldn't ever assume that, that anything is a given. But let me, let me ask you this. Is there a more safe bet in all of college football right now than the Georgia defense? Because I'll tell you what, if you score two touchdowns against the Georgia defense – you deserve uh, to rush the field, uh, win or lose, doesn't matter. They are that good at this point. Tank Bigsby scored the first offensive touchdown against Georgia's first team defense this year, and it was a play where he was stopped, and you could have maybe made the case that he should have been whistled dead for forward progress, and he had to make a miraculous play just to be able to scramble and find the end zone. 
that's how good this Georgia defense is. It is nasty. And I can't wait to see what they do against a uh, better competition later in the year with some of the, the offensive firepower that they could see in the playoff because they're getting the playoff this year. That, that's not even a debate in my mind right now. It's, as for this yeah. weekend, look, they're facing a good test with this Kentucky offense that with play action, what they're doing with Wondell Robinson and also having Chris Rodriguez in the, in the ground game, they have some options. And Kentucky is way more versatile with my doppelganger, Liam Cohen, than it's been in years past under Eddie Grant. Now, is that offense going to be able to score points against Kentucky? I, that's a different story. I don't think it's a really good matchup for this Kentucky offense. But at the same time, man, like it, if you've seen Georgia play football, it, it is just it's mind boggling to picture what it's going to take to beat them in a 60 minute football game and to be able to sustain scoring drives against that defense. It just feels like an accomplishment that is as good as it gets in college football this year. And, and I, I don't know what it's going to take right now. For, for the dogs to lose, for them to stumble. Maybe at Tennessee is kind of interesting. That can stay close in the first half with how well Josh Eiffel's offense is looking. But other than that, man, I just don't see it. Connor, as I have said, and as I will continue to do, although I think the numbers this weekend might put that to test, is I'm going to take Georgia's opponent's team total under until proven otherwise. This past weekend against Auburn, the Tigers' team total was 14 and a half. It stayed under. It was a sweat but it stayed under as Auburn only scored 10 points. When you look at the numbers for this game between Georgia and Kentucky, they are absolutely mind-boggling. Again, this is a top 15 matchup, and I understand, and we all know, in college football, unlike any other sport, the great teams versus the very good teams is a huge, huge distinction. But Georgia is number one in the country. Kentucky is number 11, and Georgia is favored by 23.5 points. The over-under total is 44.5 which, Connor, with some quick estimation, you can guess that Kentucky's team total is going to be right around 10 points. Is Kentucky going to go over that team total and prove me wrong this week? Gosh, I just, I just don't think so. And look, I'm singing the praises of Kentucky's offense because it's done some great things. But they're also going to be without Josh Ali, it looks like, who is their top outside receiver. Wandale Robinson plays mostly in the slot, though he does play on the outside at times. They're going to be a little bit limited in that regard. They really don't have that other guy who can beat you. And that's where it gets difficult for this Kentucky offense. And the problem is that against Georgia, Georgia can get home with three. Georgia can get home with four. And that's going to be tough sledding for Will Levis, who had some moments in that LSU game where you're reminded that the Penn State transfer, this kid is tough as nails. He's not just a viral video sensation. He can make plays with his arm. He can make plays with his leg. He's it, He just finds different ways to beat you. And now against Georgia, I don't see him having that success because Georgia's defense compared to LSU is night and day. So I would probably take the under on that team total. I'd probably take the under on that total overall because – also, on the flip side of it, Kentucky's defense is really good. You know, they have really gotten after it in the front seven. It might not be uh, to the level of a 2018 group because they don't necessarily have a Josh Allen type just yet. But Josh Pascal and what they're doing, Jacquez Jones, the transfer from Ole Miss, man, they got some dudes up front that are that are really making some people look pretty bad on the offensive line. So I would bet the under on that. It might be a little bit of a tough go for the Georgia offense as well. Yeah, and when you look at what Kentucky is going to do offensively, nobody has a better picture than maybe Connor O'Gara because when you look at this picture of Connor meeting Liam Cohen, the offensive coordinator for the Cats this past weekend in Lexington, can you figure out which one is Connor and which one is Liam? That should be the game. Look at that. That is absolutely fascinating. That is your brother from another mother, without a doubt, Connor O'Gara. What was that? I mean, come on. 
When you look at meeting Liam, what was that like in Lexington this past weekend? Trippy, really, really trippy. Um, I, I accidentally catfished a local news anchor in Lexington because when he first got <laughs> hired, I tweeted that. Uh, I was excited. For, I, I tweeted like a picture of him, and then I tweeted a picture of me, and I put him side by side, and I said, yeah. excited to be the new offensive coordinator of Kentucky, you know, excited for the challenge ahead, something like that. I had like multiple people reach out, be like, congratulations, looking forward to having you in Lexington. And I had to like slide in their DMs and be like, I'm not really the new offensive coordinator of Kentucky. But by the end of the weekend, I had pretty much everybody convinced. I had a couple pats on the back on the press box being like, hey, you're really dialing up some looks out there. So, yeah, it's fun. But it is fun to watch what he's doing in the Kentucky offense. If you think it's what it was in years past under Eddie Grant, it's not. This weekend just might not be the best indicator of that. After spending so much time with Liam and looking so similar to Liam Cohen, did he give you any indication of the schemes that Kentucky might try to run this weekend against Georgia? They're going to mix up some looks with Wando. That's the biggest thing that I keep coming back to. They love all the different ways that they can use him. Now, he hasn't lined him up in the backfield once. And for those who followed Wando at Nebraska, know that that's a big deal to, to not have him in the backfield taking carries and necessarily cut blocking. That's what he wanted to get away from. And don't you know it, guy's the SEC's leading receiver. I mean, he's been a revelation in Lexington for a, a passing offense that hasn't ranked in the top 115 in the last three years. He is exactly what the doctor ordered. So is Liam Cohen. They're a fun team to, to sit back and watch because of the ways in which they can beat you. And Chris Rodriguez, for those who don't know him yet, should be a household name across college football, one of the leading rushers in all of college football is a guy that can just make you pay. If you try and arm tackle that guy, man, I, I think that he is just kind of a different type of dude to have in the middle of that uh, of that Kentucky offense as well. So they got a nice little one-two punch going with Will Levis. Kentucky is uh, putting people on notice. It just might not be the best weekend to be able to cover us, but I think I've tipped my hand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Listen, Georgia is that dominant. It's not necessarily a knock against Kentucky. It's a praise of how freaking good Georgia yeah. is this year. By the way, Wando Robinson spread out in space as a wide receiver. Hmm. Makes you think. Makes you think if another team in the Big Ten Conference could have possibly used that kind of dynamic speed in their offensive system. But we save that for another day, Connor O'Gara, because our focus is the SEC. And speaking of offenses, speaking of points, look at the total over in Rocky Top this weekend for Tennessee and mm. Ole Miss. You mentioned that Josh Heupel has the Vols offense cooking. We know that Ole Miss always is cooking, getting the popcorn ready. The over-under total for this game between Ole Miss and Tennessee is 80 and a half. And the over, frankly, Connor, has a little bit more juice. Are we taking the over or what in Rocky Top on Saturday? Bulls don't bet the under on a game like this. I, I watched <laughs> that game last week against with Arkansas and Ole Miss. And it was, in my opinion, maybe the game of the year in college football. And maybe that, that, that take went cold in about 20 minutes because of the way that the Red <laughs> River rivalry played out. But I would still make the case it was incredibly fun. The popcorn was worth having this past Saturday for that game in Oxford. You're going to want some popcorn for this one in Knoxville. It's not just the Lane Kiffin reunion at Tennessee, which is a fantastic storyline. In terms of the actual game itself, it's the Jeff Levy-Josh Heupel reunion. Two guys who run that mm. Baylor approach on offense. It's up-tempo. They can stretch the field. They've got mobile quarterbacks who are really confident. These fan bases are feeling good right now, and it's they're feeling good because they're scoring points at a ridiculously high rate. 
I told you not to bail on Matt Corral's Heisman chances last week. Even though he had the Alabama loss, I still came away from that saying, this guy is the real deal. And if you haven't watched him play football, which based on my Twitter mentions after I tweet about him, is still a few people out there who haven't seen him play football. But if you haven't watched Matt Corral play football, watch him this Saturday in Knoxville. Watch him go on the road against a Tennessee team that's feeling really good and watch him put up crazy numbers and do things that most college quarterbacks shouldn't do. They shouldn't be able to call out their own weakness and spend the entire summer talking about it and then say, oh, yeah, I'm going to beat that. That's what he did against Arkansas, you know, like the team who intercepted him six times last year, and then he lit him up for nearly 400 yards and four touchdowns and won a shootout. This is what Matt Corral is capable of. In my opinion, best quarterback in college football right now. If you didn't bail on those Heisman Trophy odds, I think you're sitting pretty right now. Plus 200 right now for Matt Corral, tied for the shortest odds along with Alabama's Bryce Young, also at 2-1 to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 52-51 to 51 was the final score last week in Oxford, Mississippi between the Running Rebs and the Razorbacks. If 80.5 seems like a lot, go back and watch the tape because that was one of the best football games I have seen in a long time. All the credit in the world to Sam Pittman, by the way, for trying to go for yes. two, trying to win the game on the road. I absolutely love the stones behind that call for Sam Pittman, who is winning over all the SEC in all of college football. Finally, Connor, we touched on this game a little bit before. Alabama, again, laying a huge number on the road in Stark Vegas this upcoming Saturday against Mississippi State. Alabama minus 16 and a half against Mississippi State. The road troubles have played Nick Saban and company, especially covering numbers. Is there a chance they are able to cover this 16 and a half point spread on Saturday? I think so. I really do. And I think that the, the road atmosphere has, has played a, a pivotal role in Alabama getting off to this very un-Alabama-like start. And I think Mississippi State, with Will Rogers coming off of a bye week, has figured some things out offensively. Now, it's not going to be the air raid with late Texas Tech days. It's not going to be Gardner Minshew at Washington State. They're not at that level quite yet. But is Mississippi State capable of putting up points against Alabama? Yes, and I know last year was a struggle. I do, but this is a different Alabama defense in a few ways, and I, I think that right now what they're trying to figure out is how to get those third-down stops, how to prevent teams from dinking and dunking their way across the field. Will Rogers is capable of doing that, and the Alabama offense against Zach Arnett's 3-3-5, we'll wait and see how that looks. I think Mississippi State has the ability to cover. I think it's a tough atmosphere for Alabama with those cowbells rocking. And I think this is a, a game which you kind of right now just can't trust Alabama to do what it has done so many times in the Nick Saban era, which is cover on the road. Total is 57 and a half for that game between Mississippi State and Alabama on Saturday night. One final segment with Connor O'Gara. We ask him a buy or sell question about the SEC and the Big Ten. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One final segment here in hour number two of the morning after on SportsGrid, Sirius XM, channel 204. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. And who has been joining me for the second half of this second hour has been Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South. One final question for Connor. It is time to buy or sell. 
All right, Connor, here is the question for you, and here's what you will buy or sell. Do you buy or do you sell that the Big Ten Conference has a better shot than the SEC of getting two teams in the college football playoff? Buy or sell? I'm going to sell, and I'm going to talk myself into selling because I still think the Mm. most likely scenario is Alabama getting to the SEC championship with one loss and then lose and then beating an undefeated Georgia team. Now, I'd probably pick Georgia to beat Alabama neutral site, but that's still a, a scenario that feels very likely. Whereas, is Iowa going to make the college football playoff, getting to the Big Ten championship undefeated and then losing in that game to the East? I don't think so. Because based on the way that the selection committee has treated the Big Ten West in the past, I would tend to think that Iowa probably doesn't have that loss to give in the conference championship. So I would still look at that scenario. I don't think Michigan and Michigan State are running the table in the regular season. I think that the Big Ten East champion will get to the Big Ten championship with one loss. So I would still say that the SEC has the most likely scenario, though. It definitely took a big hit with Alabama losing to A&M. Yeah, it seems more likely that Alabama would have a better chance of beating Georgia than Iowa getting into the college football playoff with one loss. Even in a tight game in the Big Ten Conference Championship, you would have to look to the Hawkeyes' resume. Where would the marquee wins come outside of Penn State? That would be the question, and I think that's what the CFP committee would use against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Connor O'Gara, Saturday Down South. A great feature story on Wandale Robinson of Kentucky coming out in just a few days ahead of the huge matchup against Georgia. Connor, as always, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, man. It is always the best talking college football with Connor O'Gara. We will talk college football with Mike Carver coming up in the third hour. Also hockey as well. Happy hour on the other side of the break here on The Grid.